Welcome to MLM After Hours on Building Fortunes Radio. You can listen in live to MLM After Hours on the first, third, and fifth Monday if there is one of every month. Or listen anytime in the future by selecting the MLM After Hours broadcast segments on www.buildingfortunesradio.com. Building Fortunes Radio supports our members and everyone looking for their personal level of success in the home-based business industry. Your host for Building Fortunes Radio is Peter Mingle, owner of PM Marketing and Network Lead. On this segment of Building Fortunes Radio, Peter will be introducing you to the MLM After Hours. MLM After Hours is also sponsored by Doris Wood and the MLMIA. The Multi-Level Marketing International Association has been serving the industry for over 28 years, and you can join us on the MLMIA segment every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. The MLM industry has always been confusing and controversial in some areas concerning policies, procedures, rules, regulations, and compliance issues. MLM After Hours will be joined by guest hosts that are familiar with these controversial subjects. Dr. Keith Lego, Len Clements, Mel Atwood, Doris Wood, and other MLM After Hours guests have had their share of experiences and will share their views with us now. So how about it? Let's get this show started. Here's Peter. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to our MLM After Hours segment of Building Fortunes Radio. i got to share with you, this is one of my favorite segments. We do this every odd Monday. So if there's a first, a third, and if there's a fifth, we do a live radio show with some really special people. We have guests on our call that I'm going to introduce in a second, but I'm going to share with you, these are the things that I wanted to put together when speaking with Doris Wood, who was the original founder of the MLMIA. I know she she always corrects me when I say things like that, but Doris has always been, for me, the face of the MLMIA, the Multi-Level Marketing International Association. She stood behind this organization for, or she stood behind this industry for well over 50 years. So when I was speaking to Doris, I said a long time ago, Doris, you know, there's really not a lot of people that are out there speaking about the things that are out there in the industry. There's lots of great things in the industry, but there's also some things we need to address. So let's let our hair down. Let's loosen our tie. Let's feel a little bit more comfortable and relaxed in talking about some of the things that I think the industry needs to kind of address. And we do this, again, every first, third, and if there's a fifth Monday. So if you want to hear it again, you can go to the MLMIA, and we rebroadcast it there. We also rebroadcast this on MLMIARadio.com, and then, of course, we put it on Building Fortunes Radio. So you go to Building Fortunes Radio, find the MLM After Hours segment, and you can hear these things again. Now, we're going to take about the next five minutes just to introduce some of the guest speakers. These are some people that I also have a huge level of respect for, and we have a a, a limited crew. Uh, uh, Carol LeClaire usually comes in from Canada. She can't be here. Ray Pacinley had some personal business to do as well, but we have a really great uh, crew with us today um, to be able to share some really special things, and we're going to um, kind of pick apart, if you will, or we're going to talk about a specific topic that's near and dear to our hearts relative to our industry and addressing some things that I'm going to suggest a critic uh, or somebody who writes against the MLM industry sometimes puts out. So we'll have a nice, balanced conversation regarding that as well. But the first thing I want to do is let you hear some of the voices associated with the people that will be speaking. And my first person to bring in is Doris Woods. So, Doris, thanks for being here on Building Fortunes Radio. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Oh, well, I am really glad to be here always because I get such a big um, amount of experience and and new ideas and everything from this show. But I have been in the industry, as you said, for over 50 years and love it. I've always felt that MLM means making life meaningful, and that's why we founded, uh, founded, founded MLMIA. Uh, I have 
played every role in the industry and look forward to being here as long as it is possible. So I think that's it. Um, And we're going to have a conference for the MLMIA in September for all those people that are checking that out. Make sure you go to MLMIA.com. Yes. Yep. Okay, yes, MLMIA.com and and, uh, and check out the press release we had. It's really great. Anyway. Good stuff. Okay, good. Then I'm going to bring a, a gentleman who's going to be a little bit more soft-spoken than usual. This is Mel Atwood. Mel's missed a couple of meetings because he wasn't feeling so well, but we kept him, uh, kept him in our hearts, and obviously he's on the mend and a little bit on the soft-spoken side. So if he gets really riled up, he might start, he might start where he has to put on the mute button. So we're going to try to keep our tone down a little bit. Um, for this one, but Mel, thanks for thanks for for being here. I know you're on the mend, and thanks for being here. So, uh, Mel, I well, thanks, a little bit Peter. about you. Thanks for having me. Um, I've uh, I'm only half the woman that Doris is. I've only <laughs> I've only been in this space for about 25 years, and um, different levels, and started off started off a little, uh, you know, quite young in this space, and. You know, frankly, just fell in love with um, the method of, of, of selling products. Um, you know, word-of-mouth marketing has been something that consistently is ranked as having the highest trust index in any form of sales or, or, or marketing mechanism. And direct sales and multiple marketing employ um, in a major um, mega multi-billion dollar industry, um, a channel that moves lots of really great products to market through word of mouth. And it really provides not only really great products, but it also provides an opportunity for people to create an income. And I love the duality of purpose that our space offers. And so I've been pleased to be able to participate at various various different uh, uh, titles and ranks and, and, and professions within or positions within the profession as a consultant and at the corporate level as in the field and, and as a provider of technology. And so I, I'm just glad to be here and share, share my passion, share, share my knowledge that I've earned over the last Half century or quarter century. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'm only half the woman that Doris is. So. Yeah. And we're and glad you're here. <laughs> we're glad you're here, that's for sure. And then we have Michael <clears throat> Linden. Michael is the, the man of history, the man who's come from several different countries, and we never really tell you where he is right now because I think he's still on the run. So we say that playfully. But Michael's, <laughs> Michael, you've got to listen to the MLMIA radio show that we did with him relative to his continent-jumping um, when he was pursuing actively different things in network marketing. He's been around for a real long time as well. So, Michael, thanks for being here. Well, thanks very much for that intro. Um, well, I must say, if, if Mel is a 50% woman, that makes me a 75% woman because I've been around in this industry for just over 40 years. And uh, as, as you point out, I've hip-hopped across continents and I've built networks in Holland and England and France, Switzerland, South Africa, the United States, Canada, and various other spots. And it's been an exciting journey. I retired a few years back, but I got to say I'm, I'm getting sucked back in, and I've gotten active recently again in a, in a new company that really has attracted my interest. 
Tonight's call, I am so looking forward to I, I, the topic. Uh, Len suggested it quite recently, only in the last couple of hours, actually. And uh, it's just grabbed our attention because it's so timely and uh, as uh, it's, as, as the author is well known as a, uh, a, a very well-reasoned, calm, anti-network marketing writer. So uh, stay tuned. This evening is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, this will be Thanks good, without a doubt. You're welcome. Thank you, Michael. And then we have Len Clements. So Len, um, use a level of respect for Len. Everybody who's ever heard me talk about Len Clements tells you how much I've learned from him. If you go to InsideNM.com, he's got a wonderful website. He's so busy lately building his regular business he's ignoring us as far as his video blogs and everything else like that so we grab him on this mlm after hours so we can actually get a little bit more len clemens so len thanks for being here and you're going to speak a lot about today's topic but thanks for being here tell us a little bit about you well i'm going to tell you a very little bit about me because every minute i'm talking about me we're not talking about this topic so uh, it's going to be very short uh first of all i i just want to say for the record i'm still all man um, haven't had surgery yet, so uh, yeah, can't call me Kate Clements. But, um, but anyway, it's uh, I, I've, yeah, I've been about 25 years doing consulting, uh, expert witness testimony, things like that. In fact, right now I'm kind of a full-time expert witness. Um, I've got a whole bunch of clients right now. I've been doing that for about the last um, almost a year now, which is why I don't do video blogs because video blogs don't pay anything. So got to make a living. Uh, but I do plan on getting back in the game pretty soon and uh, and uh, doing a lot of video blogs probably about this topic. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, that's uh, something I always like to, to talk about and um, kind of passionate about, so looking forward to the rest of the show. Excellent. Okay, good. I'm going to play our little disclaimer. Here we go. The MLM After Hours radio segment on Building Fortunes Radio is protected by local and international copyright laws. No portion or variation of this show can be duplicated, modified, or reproduced in any format without the express written consent of all parties participating on the MLM After Hours show. More information is available on www.buildingfortunesradio.com. MLM After Hours can provide the helpful information you may use to succeed in the home-based business industry. The entire content of this show consists of the research and experience the opinions and the views of the callers, guests, and the hosts on this show. It does not constitute legal advice or specific counsel for you, as each individual should always seek individual guidance and counsel for matters related to themselves specifically. Okay, we're going to get started. Len brought up a topic recently on January, I'm sorry, July 7th. So if you're listening in July 7th of 2015, there was a post put together by a pretty vocal MLM critic. His name is Robert Fitzpatrick. And um, I didn't know anything about Robert Fitzpatrick, and many people don't know anything about Robert Fitzpatrick, so he's only kind of famous in a limited circle. Um, so the majority of the industry doesn't know who he is. But um, for those people that are critics, he's pretty well known as a critic. And when I first met uh, when I, I've never met him, so, I, so therefore I can't really speak a lot about the man. I can only speak about some of the things that he's written. But one of the first times I heard about him, I started to read some of the things that he wrote, and some of it had some real merit to it like they were voicing some of the concerns 
about the MLM industry. So I, too, have a lot of concerns sometimes about the MLM industry. I grew up in the direct sales profession, and like Mel Atwood, you know, we sold stuff. We knocked on doors. We sold stuff. We closed sales. We installed customers. We knew that if we told a mistruth, we were going to get in trouble for it. We, um, when we hired people, we knew that we were responsible for their level of success. And I pick out Mel just for this example because we both grew up in direct sales. And when I took a look at this industry, and I watched the way many of the quote-unquote leaders do a lot of things, the way that a lot of companies do things, I said, you know, what planet do these people live on? I've never seen anything like this. I mean, they talk about two, get two, get two, get two, and all of a sudden, like a Fabergé com- uh, you know, commercial, if you remember what those were like, it's kind of like you have the whole world in your downline. And I said, well, that's not really the way it works, because two doesn't get two, and sometimes three get two. It's a little bit like roots on a tree. So what are you guys talking about? And then I would watch these fictitious way they do their math model, and I'd say, this is impossible, because everybody on the planet's going to be in like we're gonna have to go to another universe pretty soon it doesn't really work like this so i saw a lot of the challenges that were out there and sometimes when i when i started to read a little bit about what robert fitzpatrick had wrote i started off like nodding my head up and down and then i read a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and got discouraged because i'm like you know what he was he maybe was trying to make a point but he just kind of like just kind of blew it and i and i don't like to say that because I've never met the man, so I don't know anything about him personally, and I'm probably speaking more than I should. But every time I've read anything from this guy, um, I, it starts out, you know, okay, looks like he's making some valid points, and then you read a little bit deeper, and you say, you know, he doesn't know anything about what he's doing. Like nothing. Like everything that he's saying is mostly fictitious. And I've worked with some of the companies that he's written things about. I'm like, I don't ever believe I've ever seen anybody get more of the facts wrong. So if Robert's listening in, you know, sometimes you start off kind of good, but then, geez, you kind of go through some stuff, and I really don't understand how anybody would pay as an expert witness for a lot of the things that he's done. Now, by the way, i got to share with you, I learned a, an example about what a professional was a long time ago. A professional is somebody who's paid for a service. So if you paid me to be a golfer, um, I would be a professional golfer, and you would have been ripped off because I don't think I've ever <laughs> swung. I don't think I've ever swung it. A golf, a golf club accurately in my life. And I certainly have never, I don't even think, besides chasing my dog, I've ever been on a golf course. But if you paid me to be a golf instructor, I guess that means I'm a professional golf instructor. So for all these witnesses out there, there's very few people that are actually like really good professional paid witnesses. So I, I kind of like sometimes cringe when I hear those things. Now I know Len is a little bit different because Len really does his research. But for many times, every time I hear these people saying they're paid witnesses. So, so anyway, so the bottom line is my real first of exposure was when we were with the Distributor Rights Association and Rod Cook got a chance to uh, uh, debate, if you will, some of the conversations at the FTC when we did the FTC workshop. And I've kind of been watching some of the things that uh, Robert Fitzpatrick has been putting up. And I'm going to be quiet real in just a second, but I've got to share with you, I've always had a certain level of, and Mel, you're going to love this, so, Mel, you're going to love what I'm going to say next. <laughs> I've always had a certain level of professional uh, 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 opinions in a positive light about Bill Ackman and some of the research that he's done. And that, had, that was completely thrown out of the window the day he actually brought Robert Fitzpatrick on the panel as an expert witness. And I'm like, oh, Bill. You know, so I don't have anything against the guy personally. I have a lot of things against some of the things that he writes about because some of his facts are all wrong, and I think we're going to probably 
discuss a little bit about that as we go. So I don't have an in-depth knowledge of who this gentleman is, so I've got to tell you that with full disclosure, because every time I read some of the things, I get about halfway through it, and then I've got to throw it away. I just can't finish anything that he writes, or I've got to force my way to finish most of the things that he writes, because there's so much wrong with a lot of the things that he writes. <laughs> I'm usually pretty fair. But anyway, so, so Peter, later, I have to give you credit on one point here, okay? Let's go give ahead. Credit on one point. At least I can stand to watch Ackman make a fool of himself. Uh-huh. When I read Fitzpatrick, I just get stupider. Like at least Ackman, he he's at least making some semi-intelligent attempts. At some point, I think Fitzpatrick actually takes his brain out of his skull and sets it over on the counter and finishes his article. Because I can't even finish reading his, his drivel and his blather. So I at least have to give you that I like Ackman better. I'll, let you, I'll, 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 I'll just go that far, okay? <laughs> you know, one of the first things I noticed is that the first thing he talks about is saturation. Well... <laughs> And you all can go into this in much more detail, but I can remember when I started, which has been, I said, over 50 years ago, but they started talking about saturation when Amway started. I mean, they did before that, but there was always going to be saturation, and Amway would be out of business in five to ten years because if you recruit two and they recruit two and they recruit two, it just wouldn't work. Uh, And, of course, we know that is not the way it really works. But there is no such thing as saturation in our industry. This was just when we were in the United States. And now we've spread all over the world and taken this opportunity for people to have their own lifestyle and and make some money. We're not saying that everybody is going to get rich. And some companies do not tell you you're going to get rich. They just say you will make a considerable amount of money if you work at it. So uh, the saturation is really wild, in my opinion, because anybody who who says that just doesn't know what they're talking about at all. Right. So, so I have a slightly well, hold on a second. Yep. Yeah, hold on a second, Mike. Let's um let's sure. let Len set the tone. So Len, you can tell us about who this gentleman is, and I want to be kind to him because if he was here, I, w- I would I would say the same thing whether he was here or not. I would say, you know, sometimes you make some good points, but like Mel said, that there's one point where I just have to put it down. I can't finish. So, Michael, hold your thought. A lot of people, we know who he is now. We've read the article. Len, give us a little bit of background, please. Well, um, you know, I have unfortunately written about every, or read about everything that, that he's written because it's a dirty job and somebody's got to do it. But, but um, <laughs> you know, and one of the things that just, well, first of all, I want to I want to say up front, I'm I don't want to be the same thing that the anti-side is, which is they unconditionally and sort of obligatorily agree with everything that's anti-MLM, and they're all pyramids, they're all bad, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm not going to do that. Robert Fitzpatrick occasionally makes a good point or or makes a criticism that's valid. Um, he, He... there, he references it in this latest article about, about saturation. Um, he talks about a, a study that was done by Direct Selling News, and he rips it apart and talks about what, how ridiculous the data is. Um, he's right. The, ridicu- the, art- the, the, the data in that article was ridiculous. 
and I've written them and asked them to defend it, and they've never responded because I think they know it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think maybe it was intentionally ridiculous, but it was. He got us on that one. My problem is, is now he blows that up and makes it look like that's all we all do. That's indicative of everything we all always do. And that's the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. Um, but I will say also, to his credit, um, most of these anti-MLM critics, and there's about five or six really prolific ones. Um, you know, if you Google MLM, they're like, you know, the six of the top 20 hits. Uh, and most of them, they'll either post anonymously, like you'll see all over the message boards and on Seeking Alpha and things like that. Um, and when you, you get them on something that they can't respond to, they resort to something that they taught me in a debate class in college. And I think I've said this on the show before, but i never forget the professor told me one time, he said, if you can't diminish the quality of your opposition's point, try to diminish the quality of your opposition. Um, and we see that in political campaigns all the time now. You know, here's all the reasons why the other guy shouldn't be elected rather than why I should be. So, um, and they resort to that constantly. Um, I got, there's so much trash out there on the Internet about me just completely made up because they can't argue the points I make, so they try to diminish the source of the point. I've never seen Robert Fitzpatrick do that. And he's the only one, by the way, the only one I've never seen do that. Um, he will not resort to personal attacks. Um, I've seen him get on calls with four or five other pro-MLM people and just get the crap kicked out of him. Um, with one of the person we all know, we're on there you know, spouting off that Robert should be arrested and go to jail. We might know who that was. Um, and uh, he hung in there and was still polite. So, um, you know, he didn't hang up and say enough of this or whatever. So, you know, he'll, uh, he'll get out there and, and have those debates with you. But the information that he gives, though, most of the time is so utterly wrong, as we've already talked about. I mean, I mean, demonstrably wrong, provably wrong, logically, mathematically, legally, historically wrong. And yet the media, um, that's their go-to guy when they want a quote-unquote expert on multi-level marketing. Not just pyramid schemes, but multi-level marketing. He's the expert. Um, they won't get anybody like us on this show because, see, we're pro-MLM, so we can't be experts. We're biased. But if you're anti-MLM, no matter how biased you are in that direction, well, now you're more credible because you're anti-MLM. You're not, you're not part of the, you know, the deal. So he's the one they always interview, um, him or two or three other ones, but he's, he's the most one. But just real quickly, and then I'll, I'll let some other people talk here, and we'll maybe get into this whole saturation article he just wrote. But I'll give you an example. Um, I pulled up a couple of quotes. This is actually one from a book that he wrote called Pyramid Nation uh, many years ago. Um, and this is an exact quote. The deepest level will always consist of 50% of the entire organization, end quote. Um, huh? In an article that he wrote um, on behalf of Barry Minkow, Barry Minkow, who's in prison now for the second time for stock fraud, tried a little like, you know, stock scam on a bunch of MLM companies, hired Robert Fitzpatrick and John Taylor, um, that was his go-to guys when he wanted someone to create some ordinance, you know, for his little bombing raids to get the stocks to go down and make some money, um, well, you know, which we know now is a scheme because Minkow's back in prison for it. Anyway, he hired Robert Fitzpatrick to come up with an anti-USANA report in this case. And in that report, he says, and I quote, the great majority of all distributors must always be positioned at the bottom where no profit is possible, end quote. 
those two comments are the most ignorant Idiotic. things I, I have ever heard anyone say about MLM. Understand, he, he, he isn't talking about a hypothetical, you know, if five get five get five kind of scenario. He literally believes downlines form in pyramidal hierarchies. In other words, five get five, so you have 25 on the second level, zero is on the third level. Then instantaneously, in mass, 125 people suddenly appear on the third level. None of them have sponsored a single person. Then somehow, at some point in time, instantaneously, 625 people appear on the fourth level, not a single one of which has enrolled a single person, zero on the fifth level, wherever we're at now. And then instantaneously, five more times all of that, I mean, he literally thinks that's how they form. And he's the, the expert on multiple marketing. Um, stuff like that just drives me crazy. How can he be an expert when he doesn't understand some of those basic, fundamental things about this business, like what Peter alluded to? I mean, downlines form like roots of a tree, just sort of randomly branching off in all directions. There really is no bottom level. And even if he did actually track the number of distributors on each level, they all always form diamond shapes. The greatest number of distributors are somewhere in the middle levels. And you could know that by just simply looking at a few downline reports. Yep. That's all it takes. Yep. And he's been doing this for 20, what, 25, 30 years, and he still doesn't get it. And he's supposedly the expert. <clears throat> Len, do you want to give us the reference point for this recent article? So, um, like, where would we find the one that you're referencing right now, the one that, uh, that I'm looking at from July 7th? I, it originally appeared on um, Seeking Alpha, which is um, a, a place where people can write a lot of articles and opinions and so forth about um, publicly traded companies in the market. And, of course, there's a lot of uh, people in there trash in MLMs because that's how they get their stocks to go down when they short them. So there's an article so you, called – and by the way, the title of this article is about as goofy as the, what I just described. Unregulated, unexamined, and unchecked, multilevel marketing has reached saturation. Other than the word maybe and and has, every <laughs> single word of that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so can so, I say uh, – can I, can I, I just want to read you what I wrote. Len, earlier today, I'm just going to read this to you, <clears throat> because his whole premise in this article that he's talking about, that saturation point, is founded on this one statement that I extrapolated out of the article, and he writes, the forces that shape all other business, including brand quality, uh, or sorry, brand equity, R&D, distribution efficiency, new technologies, customer product demand, shifting customer preference and need, and even competitive pricing, and here, here it is, ready, are not relevant to MLM, he says. <laughs> All right, so then I had to say to Len, in a private message to Len, the lunacy of that statement the insanity of that phrase is mind-blowing. Um, I, can, I can give you, as can many others on this call, 
who have worked with hundreds and probably cumulatively we've worked with thousands of startup companies over the last quarter and half century to, to nurture them and to help them and guide them in starting their business correctly. And I know that almost everyone on this panel, if not everyone on this panel, could, could probably reach into their back pocket and pull out dozens and dozens of examples of companies whose products were not marketable, not viable in the marketplace, whose branding was flawed, whose research and development was non-existent, who had reasonably formed compensation structures, who miserably and totally and utterly failed because of all those other things I just mentioned. So the very premise of his entire argument is that MLM is, is fundamentally selling opportunity, not viable, valuable product. And really, if, if we go right to that single point of his entire premise, of his entire thesis, of this entire silly, silly, silly article, his whole, it's a house of cards that fall <coughs> completely because there are good, solid, reputable companies who have proven that with quality products, solid brand, good business practices, good research and development, that quality products can be taken to market and customers are, are going to buy those products irregardless of opportunity associated with it. And so, frankly, somewhere down the line, I started taking quotes out of his, out of his or little segments out of his article and just de like completely obliterating it like with like three words – 